Hello, friends. Hello. Hi, friends. We have been gone for so long. Very long. Yeah. Um, but it is comforting to know that we have been growing in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, we have missed the podcast and the community it's created for us. Um, we. Okay. Um, we love hearing from you guys. So it's been like silent on both ends, which Mm -hmm. I've missed. Mm -hmm. Um, so from now on, I think because we're moving, um, and doing different things in our lives, Ella moved up to a different city even. Mm -hmm. Right? Wow. Good for you, Ella. Lehigh, Utah. (laughs) Lehigh, Utah. I'm mostly going to keep the podcast going and when Jen and Ella can join me, they will and we'll continue to have guests on to talk about their lives and their unique experiences because that brings us into a community. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Thanks but, for your support. Yeah, yeah. thanks and for your support. Your journey. We're super excited. We've, yeah, I, Ellie really <laughs> said it well, but we've loved... The community, and honestly, I think the experience for us, we we talked about how every time we get together, I mean, we're all three of us are close friends, and so we'll just talk about life and talk about what's going on, but then it's cool that, that when we turn to record, we're like, man, like, what do people need to hear? What do we want to share? Mm-hmm. What's exciting to us that would also be really meaningful to people right now? So I think that's just been a cool experience for me is just to realize that everyone has such similar needs and wants in their lives and to hear people's feedback of like oh I needed to hear that you're like oh cool we're we're never alone we always have a community yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any thoughts Jen oh man well, um, well no I just as we were talking I was thinking about things I've been thinking about recently so I, um, I don't that's it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just was like, wow, produce versus consume. That's mm-hmm. all I was thinking in my mind, That's like, went cool. on a different track. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that because my friend said that about, like, she... And she said kind of, like, offhandedly of, like, yeah, like, in my life, I just try and produce more than I consume. And that was when I was like, wow, I consume so much... Net- not Netflix, YouTube. Netflix, it doesn't mean it's the same thing. But I have have ADD and I'm learning how to really um, thrive with it about like two months ago I like broke down because I realized how much it impacted my life and I didn't really notice or I was just like okay with it so I've been on this journey of like really trying to figure things out and I realized like wow I tune out a lot I numb out through YouTube because my mind is always racing and so instead of producing I just consume because it just like kind of helps me escape but then I realized, like, there's, I'm limiting myself in, like, being able to access great joy in things that I love doing and having fun with things and painting and making stuff. And, like, Ella was saying earlier before we started recording, opportunity is always available to us. So I just mm-hmm. finished this, like, 21-day um, abundance meditation challenge. And it was so good, and that also shifted my perspective of, like, there are always opportunities all around us. 
And when we're open to them and we're looking to seize opportunities that are available and we keep an open heart, we'll be led to people and experiences and things to to grow and experience greater joy and fulfillment in life. Oh, wow. That was good. I'm like sitting here reflecting like, I know, I'm like oh, oh, wow, how much do I produce and how much do I consume? Mm, yeah. Um, I love TV. Yeah. I love Netflix. I mm. love shows. I consume. I think it's really good. My friend made a good point too. Like, consuming can be so good because it helps inform our production. You know, like, yeah. When we're like watching good things and it's like helping us feel or just like have fun, it's nice. But I realized, like, wow, I, I was going into the zone of like, that was kind of like my go to thing a lot. But. Like, I think especially in our day and age, we're so used to instant gratification. I kind of forget what it's like to, like, kind of push through discomfort. Push through something. Yeah. Like, challenge myself, do something that might not be as fun, but it's extraordinarily rewarding. So. No, I was just having the same thought. So, for me, entertainment. So, I'm a big podcast, Instagram, (laughs) Pinterest person. I'll watch Netflix sometimes with my roommates. But I do it as a way to, like, crowdsource how I should show up in my life sometimes, Mm. I've realized. Which means that instead of saying, this is what I want to do or this is what I don't want, and I'm going to go do it, sometimes I'm like, well, so-and-so always has something good to say, so I'm going to go listen to their podcast. And maybe if they give some advice on it, like, I'm dead serious. Like, Mm. you know those people who, when they have a decision to make, they talk to 40 people about it Mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. they make a decision? Yeah. I realize I some do I sometimes do that with my media resources. I'll be thinking about something or I'll be like developing something and then I'll listen to a podcast and I'm like, okay, well, because the podcast said it, then I can do it. Or sometimes I'll see something that's like contradicting to what I'm wanting to do and I'm like, oh, wait, instead of just like saying, hey, this is how I want to show up in my life and this is what I'm going to do. Hmm. And I have all of these sources to support me and motivate me and pull me. But no one is really going to show up for me but me. So, Hmm. I don't know. Kind of on the same thread of consuming versus creating. I'm consuming others' opinions and decisions about how they show up in their life. As a way to, instead of just influencing my... Sorry, I started that. That's not the sense I wanted to say. But I'm. does that make sense? I'm consuming their opinions Mm. instead of saying... This is what I want. Not because I care what other people think about me, but I care what other people think about life. And about I'm like, life. well, I want to be successful like so-and-so. Cool. So maybe I should make decisions like her. Or mm. I would really like to have these types of outcomes. So maybe if I listen to his podcast more, I'd look at her feed or I'd go read these articles more, um, then that's when it's going to click. And... I go to this cycling studio called Sweat Cycle House and they and going there has really helped me because their instructors are very motivational. But one of them the other day we were doing like a really hard song on the bike and she was just like, No one shows up for you but you. Mm. And this doesn't happen on accident. You didn't get out of bed at six AM on accident and you're not going to finish this ride like on accident. Like you need to fight for this. And as cheesy as that sounds, that's for me just like a realization I had the other day. I was like, I'm like, I'm the only person, not the only person, but kind of, yeah, I'm the only person who can really have 
the most lasting impact in my life besides Jesus. Anyways, that turned into a long Clap ramble. for Jesus. But that was my... Those are my thoughts on consuming versus creating. It's I, for me with decision making. Yeah. But also, I do believe that we have to have some consuming to be able to produce, right? I yeah, mean, also 100%. true. Education. Yeah. Education. We're consumers true. if we decide to get I a degree. I guess there's a choice, though. You know, you know? Is it education or is it just... Yeah, influencing us to make choices without really understanding something. Yeah, yeah. You, I, you. It's just in life we have to be very intentional and pause and reflect on: Is this helping me develop myself and be a more interesting person, or is it not? You know, I watch this Netflix. My sweet man's is so good at mm-hmm. consuming things that are uplifting, and I mostly want to watch like comedy TV shows that Amazing. make me just happy. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you need that. You need just like a good um, laugh. But I've been able to have so many good conversations with people because of this one Netflix series we watched about like ayahuasca and ketamine or something, which are uh, hallucinogen drugs. Um, that are taken with a therapist um, at, with a very small dose to help people uh, escape trauma and heal from it. So, interesting. yeah, it's wow, it been pretty cool. Um, Ellie, tell us more about what you've been learning. Well, I actually really about. love this consume and produce. What are you consuming? What are you producing? Um, I guess what I've been producing uh, lately um, is a trauma-informed yoga training um, for everyone. And it's been, yeah, I've had to do some consuming too, to know and understand. There's been podcasts I've listened to. Um, and we've even like talked about it. Like when I just said like sitting with things and being intentional and reflecting on a practice, that's a lot of about a lot of what trauma sensitive yoga is about. Um, is being able to sit in a moment, whether it's uncomfortable, um, and trying to just be there for it. Um, like I said, sit with it and be, you don't have to be comfortable with it. Um, Mm. so it's been cool. I've also been doing a lot of researching on triggers and as I've been doing it, I'm like, I feel like I always knew what a trigger was, but as I'm thinking about it now and like researching it more for this training I'm doing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm triggered all the time. Hmm. Um, So a trigger is when you have a bigger reaction to something than was kind of logical Hmm. to have. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. Same. So... But does... Can I ask a question? Yes, please. Are there positive and negative triggers? Like... Um, is it triggered? I think I feel the like better I question is, does it have to be positive or negative? I hmm. I don't think it has to be positive or negative. We don't have to classify it. Uh, I don't think we have to classify it. I oh, think, mm-hmm. um, and at first when I started my trauma-informed yoga journey, I was like, eliminate all triggers. And yes, we need to um, be sensitive to triggers and try and eliminate them as a trauma-sensitive yoga teacher. But also I've realized that triggers lead to healing. Mm. Um, Triggers happen and then we have the opportunity to say, wait, 
hold on. I'm experiencing something in my body. It feels wild. I'm being super reactive about it. Let me maybe step back and reflect on why this happened, what was said, what environment am I in? Um, and then it gets, gives you an opportunity to connect with your body. Question though, something you mentioned was like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to be comfortable and your goal shouldn't just to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. How do you, I guess, teach people? You just talked about a few different steps, but like, what are some of those steps to being okay with not being comfortable? Um, like, how do I help people get to that point? Yeah. Um, talking a lot about compassion and kindness. Mm. Um, I kind of, in my classes, make your feelings um, like, like objects and friends. Mm. So once mm. you can kind of like see it and maybe visualize it as a shape or a color, um, I have you talk to it and tell your emotion, whether it's uncomfortable or a peaceful emotion, um, that you're there for it and you'll create space for it and that it's welcome in your body in this moment. Mm. Um, Because I really strongly Mm. believe the only way we can move through emotions and experiences is by giving them space and allowing them to be there. Mm. Um, Something I feel like the Holy Ghost taught me recently, and I probably shared this, so I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that was perfect. Was the fact that it was back in the day when I was so depressed and then I've been learning, like, and I used to think, oh, like, the end of all my woes will be, like, when I'm just chilling with God, you know, in heaven, I'll be so much nicer. And then I feel like I've really been learning, you know, the body is such a miracle, and it helps us process emotions. Mm-hmm. And it helps huh. us process so many things. And, like, without a body, my depression would be so much worse. Like, my body helps me deal with emotional yeah. pain and traumas and all of these things. And our bodies are such gifts, so it's beautiful to hear you say, like, yeah, the way you process it is by allowing space for it to be in your body and respecting these feelings. Instead of trying to suppress them or just shoo them away, I just think, wow, that's really powerful to, like, kind of, like, go, like, head to head of, like, I respect this emotion, I respect you, and I'm kindly letting you go. Like, I'm holding space for you, I'm not angry at this feeling, I'm accepting it, allowing it, and then that's what enables you to be able to... Yeah. I think we've done ourselves that. a disfavor um, by categorizing things as good and bad. Oh, um, I'm super big into that. I'm just thinking back. So that's like, why it was interesting when you said, I don't think it has to be either. I was like, I think most people would have said, I think it has to be both. But then I think yeah, that still same. promotes the behavior of saying, yeah, is it positive, yeah. is it negative? You're still trying to decide yeah. instead of just letting it be. That's so, so that fascinating. A new way of thinking for me. Yeah, I'm just thinking back to like a young child and maybe it's even like a suppressed um, image of myself as a child. I don't know, but just being reactive to emotions and then being like sent to the principal's office. Like mm. principal's office, kids that go to the principal's office we've learned are bad kids. So yeah. Feeling and reacting to an emotion gets you sent to the principal's office. So emotions, yeah, intense bad. emotions that are hard to process and uncomfortable equals bad. Oh. So I think we learn to push those away. And also we learn 
you know, emotions equals neediness too. Um, yeah, it's so so at some time in our life, probably our teenage years, I feel like we learned Especially those. for girls. I'm so passionate so about that. So then we suppress emotions there as well. And then we become in our mid-40s and have midlife crises and crises and lose it. And it's because all of this suppressed emotion. And I think that goes back a little bit to mm. consume versus create. If I'm constantly consuming emotions, oh, I'm not yeah. instead of like creating them. space for them, yeah, yeah, or putting them into art, or yeah, or producing or stuff, totally creating something with them, yeah. Then I'm always full, and I almost get to a point where I don't have room for other experiences because I'm so full of trying to manage all these emotions. Yeah. Instead of, I remember Ellie too. Maybe this was on a podcast or not. You talked about how, and you touched on this. But how you'll come at it from this place of curiosity. Like, oh, that's interesting that you're feeling like that. Mm -hmm. You are feeling really sad or, you know, this was a challenging day. That's interesting. That's okay. You know, like coming at it from this place of curiosity. But I think sometimes we all just get so full that we we just don't have the space to do that. Yeah. Or like so numb, at least for me or something. Like I just like kind of do mindless things. Yeah, or for me, I think, and I think a lot of people, I think we do this in different ways. For me, I find different activities. I'm like, well, I'm going to go work really hard at this one thing, or Mm. I'm going to go to this fitness class, or I'm going to go do this other thing, and that's going to take my mind off of it. Mm. Oh, instead of like just, yeah. And once I take my mind off of it, and so I've had to like check myself lately. I'm like, am I suppressing anything? Mm. I guess that's incredible that's an, that you so can yeah that's though. incredible that you even know to pause and ask yourself am I that's suppressing what I something I want to know though is what are more practices to create space you talked about what it looks like once you have created space but maybe let's say you're resisting creating space and you would rather escape or numb yourself or distract yourself what are some practices for someone who maybe is is would not naturally do that which I think is a lot of us. Um, the only one that can come to my mind is meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I even think yoga, because you can go to a vinyasa class and you walk in and then you're doing sun salutations and then you're moving into the series and then you're in Shavasana for maybe five minutes if the teacher's left enough time and then you're on your way. So even mm-hmm. some practices of yoga, you're not creating space. I think it's still a good practice because you're moving your body. And as we move our body, we work through trauma because it's stored there. Um, Cycling, you know. But I think the only time we are creating space is if we're in therapy or if we're in meditation. Mm. Um, And I'm sure there's a million other people out there that have their own practices for creating space. Gardening, I think, could be one. Where you're creating space. Like, just like a moment of stillness or self-reflection, like yeah. introspection. I would, yeah, I would say just any moment where you're, you can be really present and reflective. Um, mm. So, like a trauma-sensitive yoga class. Hey, um, <laughs> so tell us, tell I us what your class. course is like for people who hear that and they're like, oh, that's interesting but I don't do a lot of yoga or I've never taught yoga or I'm not sure if I've experienced trauma. Like just explain a little bit more about like who the course is for 
and what are some of the experiences that you hope people have as they come to your course? Mm, that was a really good question. Um, so first I want to say, um, this training is full now, but we'll do another one in the fall. Um, and now I forgot your questions. It's, who is it for? Who's it for? What types of people is okay. it for? And then I'll ask my second one. Okay. Um, oh, and you did ask uh, if people have trauma or don't. Um, everybody has trauma. Uh, there's complex trauma. There's small T trauma, which could be um, a breakup. But a breakup could also be big T trauma. And big T trauma are... Uh, losing someone or uh, an intense car accident or um, sexual assault, things like that. Um, But I think it's also beautiful because we don't have to categorize your unique experience. Um, Mm. It's just yours and you get to decide how intense it is for you and how it lands in your body. Um, And so, yeah, it's for everyone. Is that the question? Yes, I think that helps a lot. What if I don't do a lot of yoga or I'm not a certified yoga oh, teacher? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, in this training I have right now, I have a few clinicians, a few non-yogis, and then a few yoga teachers. So it'll be a diverse group. Um, and I'm being really mindful and intentional in creating it with that in mind. So I'm putting something in there. For everybody, it'll teach you about yourself and how you process your own trauma. Um, we'll do lots of work in trauma-sensitive yoga to help you move through maybe the trauma stored in your body, and then we'll do the last week. Um, we'll talk about how you use these tools with yourself or with others, so either clients or students or friends or you that's really cool Mm -hmm. and then you asked me one last question it was so cool yeah i have another question is what do you hope that people experience oh yeah um i think when i started i would have said something like oh i hope they have a good experience but um now i kind of you know sometimes I just, oh, sorry, I try and be intentional in my language, so sometimes I have to take pauses. Um, I think bad experiences are okay, too. Um, there's a lot of growth in bad experiences. So my hope is to for people to just be able to feel their bodies mm. um, and create a connection. Um, and then that might not happen on the first time they come, but especially in my training, I hope people leave uh, having an understanding of trauma and being more aware, informed, compassionate, and empathetic towards what it does to us as humans. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway from what you said is just not trying to categorize it. I spend a lot of try- time trying to categorize it because if it's a positive reaction, then I have something to be excited and proud of myself for. Mm. And then if it's a negative reaction, I'm really, really hard on myself. Mm. And 
So I love that of just like, hey, don't spend time categorizing it. Just let it in and experience it. And I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, I try and create a community um, with teaching a trauma-informed practice that uh, we all understand pain and we're all not alone. Yeah. So instead of creating a community on things that are good, I've, I've tried to create a community on things that are, I guess, quote-unquote bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to share this quote real quick that my mom sent me the other day. And I feel like this is along the lines of like letting things into your life, working through things, um, creating, producing. It says the work of choosing yourself is hard, but not choosing yourself is harder. Relationships are hard, but disconnection is harder. Mm. Setting boundaries is hard, but not having them is harder. Accepting yourself is hard, but hating yourself is harder. Confronting your feelings is hard, but avoiding them is harder. Making time for things you love is hard, but not doing things you love is harder. Mm. Change is hard, but stagnancy is harder. Asking for help is hard, but not being helped is harder. The work of healing is hard, but not doing the work of healing is harder. Most things that are easier said than done are also easier done than not done. And I just, I mean, Mm. it's a pretty simple quote. Mm-hmm. But you sent that to me. That's yeah, brilliant. I, yeah, me I, too. I, that's what I've I'll just use been that in my classes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I wanted to say something about consuming and producing. Um, Ella, you said something like you, uh, not worry about what people think about you, but you are curious. Like, your opinions are kind of affected on people's mm-hmm. opinions of the world. And I had an experience the other day. I kind of always think of myself as like a free thinker and not easily swayed once I have an opinion on something. But I I read these two controversial outlooks on... um, Yeah, I'll stop being vague. These two controversial thoughts and opinions on the Super Bowl halftime show. And Mm -hmm. as I read them both, I like... stopped and paused and noticed um my opinion being so swayed Mm. so I think that's that was just something interesting Mm. um so then I like paused and um was like okay well really what is you know my opinion then I just kind of realized well it's it's somewhere between those two but it was interesting because I wanted to like my initial reaction was like, oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, I agree. agree. That's how this. I felt. Yeah. But then I read the other one and I was like, oh, yeah, 100%. I agree. That's how mm. I felt. And then I was like, wait, I can't feel both ways. I mean, and maybe I can, but I didn't. I knew I didn't. I knew that wasn't true. Ways. Yeah. But I think sometimes we have such a desire to connect and be like. I think maybe, I don't yeah, know what it like, was. Yeah, 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 same. I totally agree. Yeah. And both were two of my really good friends and they had these two different opinions. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh yeah, I agree. And then with the other one, I was like, oh yeah, I agree with you. And then I was like, well, I agree somewhere in the middle. It was Mm -hmm. just interesting. So yeah, I was consuming the world's views in (laughs) some aspects. And then I had to pause and really reevaluate where, what landed and resonated 
as truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when he was saying that, it made me realize I was, I've been doing more research on Hasidic Jews because I just find it so interesting. <laughs> and they, I know it's so, so random, random, but welcome to my world. I just like read a book about things, yeah. But they also are really, they really regard modesty as important. And all of a sudden, this like light bulb went on today when I was listening to the song that then was gross. And I realized like, I changed the tune, but we live in a world that is kind of gross everywhere, if that makes sense. And I forget that because I'm used to it. But when I've been researching more about Hasidic Jews and they like, in kind of extreme ways, they like... They create their own little communities, especially in Brooklyn and different places in the world where they're able to practice their religious beliefs and they really take modesty and other things really seriously and they find it so sacred. And listening to them, to talk, to, listening to them talking about it, I realized, oh, so do I. But kind of I've been swayed to not believe this because so much of the world doesn't believe that. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, oh, yeah, well, those things aren't that big of a deal. Like, whatever, let them do their thing. And it's been interesting as I was listening to these women explain their religious beliefs and feeling like, oh, wow, I used to really feel like that too. But somehow along the way, I've kind of like not cared as much. And so I realized today when I was like listening to the song and it was like so vulgar and like years ago I would have been so offended by it. I was kind of like, oh, I didn't like the song, but it didn't really strike as anything wrong to me. I was like, whatever, they're just doing their thing. I don't use that language, but, like, who cares if they do? And I, I still do feel that way, but also I realize, like, I'm becoming less sensitive. But I don't have about, to consume it. Yeah, about, like, consuming things because it's just everywhere. It's so mm-hmm. easy to just let yourself be immersed in stuff that does influence us, and I don't realize it. And so it was just interesting listening to these, like, really religious women, and I was like, oh, I... I don't really hear people talking like them very much that aren't of my same faith or whatever. And it was cool to feel like, oh, wow, I believe the same thing as this woman, but people don't really talk like that. And so therefore, I don't really think, I I don't know if any of this is making sense, but it was just kind of bringing an awareness of like, yeah, what what are my values and what do I value and um and what I'm consuming and... Like, oh, I think, yeah, um, being being aware of the intention and also, like, the beliefs behind what you consume. Yeah. What is it teaching you? Yeah, and just, I love what Ella, you were saying, then we can also wrap up and share this is my final thought, and then we can hear from you. I, I feel like at the end of the day, also, I've learned, like, trusting my gut and receiving personal revelation is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. That I can, I'm so grateful for books and podcasts and things that help me seek and find answers when I need them. And I feel like God will really inspire me to like read certain things or do things. But at the end of the day, I'm also finding that like my gut and my intuition, AKA like the Holy Ghost communing with my spirit are the most important things for me to be aware of. And so I love things like yoga and meditation and things that open up that channel to receiving. And I love that. Man, I feel like I have a lot of great takeaways. Yeah, me too. And that's good talk. I think being aware of consuming before you produce or create, whether it's with emotions mm-hmm. and trauma and storing things in your yeah. body, or if it's mentally media. and emotionally with media. Yeah. Um, good stuff. I don't have anything else to say. I just have one more thing I want to mm-hmm. say. Um, and I don't even know how to bring this up, but... Um, I think also 
if something lands in our body and resonates differently um, with us than, say, someone else, it doesn't have to mean, like, we're right or wrong, you know, or mm-hmm. bad or good. Um, like, my two friends who had, like, literally completely on either side of the spectrum, like, you couldn't have gotten more of different opinions. Um, I don't think, you know, one is right and one is wrong. Um, I think you just have to hold space for people to, um, hold space for people to have their own unique experiences and, Mm. you know, you can't tell like somebody how, how to feel. Yeah. How, what is their truth? Yeah. Um, so yeah, just mm. be compassionate. I think that's my last thing. Amen. Okay. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. Drive friendly, be friendly. See you on the flippity flip. Yeah, I saw that as a pumpkin today. See you in 84043. Bye. 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 Bye.